Hello, Brian's and possibly not Brian's. This is all the Brian's where Brian interviews Brian's. And this episode is brought to you by Brian's Plumbing and Heating, servicing Northeast Michigan. Go Brian or go home to bad plumbing. So for this interview, I went to the place that tourists love and New Yorkers traditionally hate because this Brian works at MTV, which has their offices in the middle of Times Square. Um, he's an MTV brand writer and director by weekday and comedian by not weekday and a very fun Brian to chat with. Um, check out his site for some of the stuff we talk about at brianhavig.com, H-A-V-I-G, um, including a video where he wears a shirt that says Brian and dances to Thunderstruck in a bunch of public spaces around the city. Hello, Brian. Thank you for coming on the show and enlightening the community of Brian's with your knowledge. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> This first part before the Brian-related questions is where we learn about what kind of Brian you are, like with your your jobs and hobbies. So can you first tell us your name and what you do? Sure. My name is Brian Havig. I am a senior writer, director, producer at MTV in the branding and uh, promos department. Awesome. Yeah. So we are at the MTV office right now in the middle of Times Square. Yeah. And uh, I mean... Despite the crowds out here, like, I don't know, you must chalk this up as, like, an interesting life experience to have, just having an office here. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean, the job is great, and the building's really cool. It's a really tall skyscraper in the middle of Times Square. Um, Times Square sucks, though, like, the neighborhood itself. It's it's great to visit if you're a tourist, um, but it just sucks to work here because there's just always crowds all the time outside, and... Um, it just makes it kind of when you're just trying to run into the office and get to a meeting, it can, can get pretty annoying. But otherwise, it's really cool. Like the room we're in right now, we got a great view of the Hudson. Um, so it's really nice, and it's just a fun place to work. There's MTV's got a really cool brand and a really cool vibe, and I've really enjoyed like being here. Um, I come from uh, an ad background, so um, I got my training in advertising as a copywriter. And I worked at a design studio for my first job, and then I was freelance for a while um, after I got actually fired from that first job. Well, fired, laid off. I mean, they said laid off, but it felt like I was getting fired. <laughs> um, and then I worked freelance for about a year, just getting more experience, and I got hired at a, um, a digital uh, studio. Um, and not a digital studio, I guess more like an interactive studio. And after that, I went to a B2B agency, um, which I really liked that place. I was there for like four or five years, um, uh, but it was still like B2B advertising, which tends to be a little drier and a little more serious, even though we tried to push the envelope as much as we could. Um, and uh, all the while I was uh, in my spare time doing comedy stuff, doing sketch writing and stand-up comedy, um, making comedy videos, just whatever I could to sort of scratch that creative itch, which for me, I just really enjoy comedy and doing stuff that's funny. Um, and uh, when I was ready to look for a new job after working at that B2B agency, I got my portfolio ready. I started to look at places and MTV reached out to me um, and they liked my advertising experience and they liked my comedy experience um, and wanted me to come in and see if I'd work there. And at first I thought it was I didn't I, I thought for sure that there was no way I was gonna work at MTV because MTV these days I mean I think of like crappy reality shows and um, yeah <laughs> like like 16 and pregnant or stuff like I mean I guess it's I'm just not the target market for a lot of these shows like they're very popular shows but just like I mean that's not me I don't watch 
these uh, well, they saw you and they're like that guy's got his finger on the pulse of the yes. kids <laughs> or the <laughs> he, youth these days <laughs> if anyone knows what 13 year old girls like <laughs> yeah. it's this guy I can tell I can see it in his eyes yeah <laughs> that's what it felt like I'm like really I'm not I don't know about MTV um, but yeah we'll We'll, I'll go over there. It'll at least be a nice, like, sort of practice interview. Um, but I went in the first round of interviews. It's it, they they convinced me to uh, at least be a little more interested because they talked about how working in uh, in house as opposed to an ad agency, there's not like I don't have to do pitches, which I did a monster amount of pitches oh, yeah, at every yeah. agency, um, and those are always terrible because you work your butt off and, and nothing gets made <laughs> yeah nothing gets made even if you win the pitch they still like okay that's nice work but here's what we really want so yeah. you don't even get to make the stuff you worked really hard on so those those can be a real grind and the second was there's no client i am the client so i don't have to convince a client to do certain things yeah. um and so that that intrigued me um and uh then i went and talked to my uh who would then become my boss and he convinced me about like how we we're trying to make improve the brand and make MTV cool again and make it more of a maker's community um, and more opportunities to not just do um, advertising campaigns but also create content um, for social, which meant I got to do a lot of really dumb stuff uh, just to throw on social because here at MTV we have, we have resources like cameras and people that do editing and sound design. We have all that stuff we can do in-house. Um, all we need are ideas. So said we could use that and if there's any idea what however stupid he wasn't afraid to try it and so that kind of sold me that I could come in and kind of be a maker in a makers yeah you know, that's, um, that sounds like an awesome environment. Uh, environment yeah so I guess let's kind of just to describe some of the stuff that you're making like let's say a Brian is at home and like <clears throat> watching MTV late at night there's like a weird promo that comes on and uh, this is something that's like not you know, all the things you're making, you're making all the social stuff, other stuff, but that's something that's in your wheelhouse that I've seen on your, your your site, like, and I can just describe, like, a couple of them that I thought were funny, like, some of the True Life promos, yeah. like, they're just, like, kind of a, kind of, like, really cheeky and simple, but, like, really funny, like, you have, like, a knife that just starts slowly moving towards an electric <laughs> socket while yeah. a voice is going, and then the title comes on, I need danger, like, true life, I need danger sex. And, like, another one is, like, a guy in, like, full, like, swamp camouflage, just, like, waiting for a, a crowded train, just gets on uh -huh. the train, it's kind of deadpan, and then it's, like, title comes on, true life, I want to go fight ISIS, or uh, last example is, like, okay, someone's just, like, kneeling to pray down in a church, and then you see that their hands praying are covered in, like, bandages and are, yeah. like, bloody knuckles. Bloody and that's, bandages. True life, I'm in a fight church, so it's, like... It's kind of like cheeky, like style of humor yeah. that, like, you can't really necessarily do that in, in a traditional agency, like you were saying in your your past life, because it's not a product and service wouldn't work as well. Right. Advertising that kind of thing. Well, it's it's a couple of things. It's one the brand the brand has to line up with that sort of thing. I never worked at an ad agency that had brands that wanted to have a sense of humor, but MTV is different. Like sense of humor is part of their brand identity. So here I was able to be funny. But the other thing is kind of like I was saying before, MTV has more resources to film and produce things than a traditional agency to make, say like a stupid spot with uh, like um, a, a girl kneeling down to pray at a church, but her hands are bloodied. Um, that, to put that on television, it's going to cost a lot more for an ad agency than for us because we already have the inventory. We have we have a TV channel, 
that we can throw on whatever we want. We yeah. have then we have equipment, we have talent people on staff um, that we can just make that very easily and very cheaply. Do you enjoy working on the like these high profile like events? Like, is that something that excites you? Like being able to like work with now you've been able to work with some like it looks like some celebrities too like is that yeah. something that's fun yeah, for no, you totally like, it's totally fun i've i've this is my first job i've had where i worked on first of all it's the first job i've worked at where people have actually heard of the company i work for yeah yeah <laughs> um, that people know and all not only that i've heard of it but i've had like personal experiences with it or have like feelings about it and yeah um, and that's kind of cool. Um, it's also really fun to work on these high-profile events um, and to work with celebrities. Um, that's I, I think because I've never done it, it seems really fun. I'm not I'm not a jaded TV person, quite yeah, yet, yeah. So it's 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 still really fun. And, and it's more of a it, fun know? thing for the celebrity to work on like an MTV Movie Awards than it is like an ad or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 fun for them too. Like the, yeah. the celebrities I've worked with. Everything we've done tends to be fun, and it's it's collaborative too. So it's not just like just do this, but we were interested in what their ideas are for things too. So it ends up being like, yeah, they'll, they'll contribute ideas, and it's it tends to be fun for them too. So it's um, that's been really fun. Like I just got back from LA. We we're at the movie and TV awards, and it's fun to just go to these award shows. Like I've never been to award shows. Oh, so you before. actually got to go to the, the award yeah, show? Yeah, I've been to. I went last year. I went this year. I went to the VMAs last year, and it's all. It was all so fun because I've never been to a award show before. And the VMAs, I went last year, and I got to see a bunch of musicians that I probably wouldn't spend two hundred dollars on a ticket for, but would. But I got to see like Beyonce perform for a while, which was awesome. She was an awesome performer, and I see Rihanna do four different numbers, which was great. I would never go to a full Rihanna show, or at least pay money to go see a full Rihanna show, but like seeing her perform four songs. It was like a, it's like a pop music buffet where I just got like, or a sampler. I got a, a nice sample of a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different uh, musicians. So yeah, it's, it's really fun. Those are, those are nice perks. And on top of it, the MTV brand is, is fun and creative and young, youthful enough that I get to have fun with it. So yeah, I really like, enjoy what it. is the, um, like, I mean, you must know some of the research now here. Like, what is the the main target then for MTV now? Is it still like the teen girls? Like you were originally thinking? Like, is well, it the Gen? <laughs> is it the Gen Z now? Is right. that what it's called? Well, I now mean? that I'm here and I've got like more of a knowledge of what MTV does and what they look for, is they're def- they're they're all about youth, um, and they've always been about youth. But they're trying to put, I think, more of a focus on on teens, college kids, because they're a youthful brand and um, we want to serve that market. And, you know, you serve that market and they'll be loyal to you. So it's always about trying to think about uh, what are they like? What are they into? What are their problems? How can we be of service to them? Um, you know, and thinking about... Like, what, um, um, what is, like, the biggest challenge then for MTV as a brand now? Cause it's Well, there's just... I, I would say... You know, not as a spokesman of MTV or anything. Um, I don't want to get fired. But <laughs> yeah, you know, you're. I, the problems are it's just staying relevant in a world that's just full of different options and voices. Um, MTV got huge in the '80s because they served a market that wasn't served. They did music, and you could watch music videos, and you couldn't get music videos anywhere else. Yeah, it, was it was MTV, novel. and it was. Um, really important to kids it was really important to musicians 
Um, it was it served a very important function in the world of entertainment. Now the world's totally different. You don't have to go to MTV to watch uh, music videos. Like I, something that just kind of bugs me every time I tell someone I work at MTV is they say, "Oh, well, when are you guys gonna bring back music videos, man? You bring back music videos." That world where that was actually a good idea no longer exists. Because yeah, yeah. if we were to play nothing but music videos again, that would be the fastest way for MTV to die completely. Because people go to YouTube and online to watch music videos, and there's there's really no reason for us to do that. Now, there, we don't want to forget about our music roots, which is why we do still do things like the VMAs or Behind the Music or various other music-motivated uh, uh, initiatives. Um, but for MTV to survive and thrive in the future, we need to... We need to evolve, and we need to not just follow, but we need to lead, and we need to not just imitate what kids are into, but we need to come up with what that is. And I know there's a lot of strategy and stuff I can't really talk about here about um, trying to come up with something that really um, connects with the youth today. Um, whether yeah, we're so successful at it or not, that means to be seen. <laughs> um because yeah like mtv had one of the most like famous even just like brand campaigns for a channel in history that like i want my mtv oh totally and like do they still do or like have you worked on any in the time you're here have any sort of just overall brand campaigns that they've gone through or is it more unique like these like specific to specific problems or specific shows since I've worked here, there hasn't been any major brand campaigns. There's been, like I said, smaller initiatives. I've done some like social things that have been just brand specific, um, but those haven't been really big ones. Those have been ones, been things that we've done on social or we'll play once or twice on the air um, uh, that I, I think add to the brand, but there hasn't been any really big sort of branding campaign push. Not to say that they won't do it anytime soon, but just in my time, they haven't done done it. Uh, one question that uh, I probably should ask earlier was the what is more popular now, like the MTV Movie Awards or the music video or the Video Music Awards? VMAs. VMAs are still more popular. Yeah, VMAs uh, are, to, are 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 the most popular show like that we do every year. It's still very fun and very relevant. There's still uh, something that gets talked about the next day when it happens. Okay, because I just um, thought maybe like music videos in general have kind of declined with their absence on a channel right. like MTV. Well, it's been culture. less about music videos and more about the music itself now. Okay. Um, we get in some really great artists uh, who perform and we give these artists a platform to express whatever they want to through their music or through like an acceptance speech or whatever. But it's always it's always about the music and the culture behind the music and the meaning of the music. So it's... it's there. That we do award music videos in in those spaces, but the focus is less on the videos and more on the music. Um, so yeah, we'll start to wrap up the MTV uh, part of this. But uh, you know, what what is your favorite part of this job now that you've been here for a couple of years? Um, well, I like I like that I am allowed to. My favorite part of working at MTV, I would say, is that I'm allowed to have fun and push the boundaries. Um, I haven't had too many jobs where I'm really allowed to do that. Here, MTV brand, it's fun, it's irreverent, it's youthful. Um, I've never been in a job where I felt like I could push boundaries in that way. And I really have fun doing it. Like, I was never allowed to do anything 
even remotely edgy at other jobs I've worked at. And here they, they really thrive on that and reward on that. It's been really fun to just kind of be able to think outside the box in those terms. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, in a lot of companies, I feel like people can say the same thing for, you know, if yeah. it's, and like, so would you say then that like copywriting you mentioned is kind of like a, you treat it as, or think about it as a day job, even though it ends up gobbling, you know, nights and weekends or whatever, but would you consider this more of a, now a passion job? I, w- I would consider it more so. It still has those office elements in it where like we still have to make the make the donuts every day of like putting certain promos on that are a little more standard and utilitarian, but it definitely has blurred the lines for me between like, well, this is work and this is my passion. I can bring yeah. my passion to work more here than I ever have in another, any other job. Not to say that um, I don't have side projects like I do, and um, those are really fun. I think important for any creative anyways, no matter what your job is, to have those outlets because I think it makes you a better employee and a better creative worker. Um, but still, those lines have been um, have been blurred with this job. And, and also, I feel like, like that need to be creative in certain ways is being fulfilled here more than other places. Yeah, that's awesome. You're, I think you're getting closer to like... W- you know what you want to do in a creative like industry or like as a job yeah filling um and is your least favorite part of this job is it the location of times square or what is it (laughs) um probably uh i mean location of times square um there can be i guess there's some times where i have a really great idea that doesn't get picked up for whatever reason and that always sucks but that i think that's normal in any creative environment Hey there, uh, apologies, but the audio briefly cut out here due to a stupid mistake I made, but uh, don't worry, it came right back. And for context, this is where we switched gears from MTV to talk about his comedy stuff, uh, specifically a video you can watch online where he went out with a camera on St. Patty's and got clobbered by a drunk at an Irish bar. I'm square uh, on St. Patrick's Day around 5 or 6 o'clock when people are good and drunk and just interview drunk people. thought it would be hilarious. I had no idea what was actually going to come, which was getting out and when people have been drinking all day they're not they're past the silly phase and they're more belligerent rude and even aggressive which i quickly found out when i was i I started filming it and i thought i'd just interview drunk people about saint patrick's day which i did and people were more interested like drunk people came to my camera and microphone like moths to a flame i was not prepared for just people just crowding around it wanting to talk to the microphone and say something on camera to the point where i couldn't even understand what most of them were saying (laughs) and then long story short in the video some guy just decided he didn't like me and thought i was full of shit in his words i don't know why um and then he uh grabbed my balls and (laughs) I naturally pushed him away from me, and he was a lot bigger and stronger than me, so he grabbed me, threw me against the car, and then tossed me in a gutter, and it hurt. (laughs) It hurt more than I think it looks like in the video, because in the video, I just fall on the ground, but man, I had a giant bruise on my butt right after that. So, like, what did people around you, like, what did people say? Like, people were like... Yeah, well, like, well, the guy who did it and his buddies ran off, and Uh, then I had one girl kind of help me up. For the most part, people were just kind of watching. Um, but that all happened, like, in the first 10 minutes of filming. Like, it happened, like, immediately. And I had a choice then. Like, should I just go home? Was this a terrible idea? But I thought, no, I, I got to have this mean something. So I just kept going. And I 
pivoted from just being a spot about interviewing drunk people about St. Patrick's Day to like being disenchanted with St. Patrick's Day and trying to find the true meaning of St. Patrick's Day. So the rest of my video is me just trying to um, trying to come to terms with the true meaning of St. Patrick's Day and talking about talking to people about what they think and. Um, so doing stuff like that is 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 really fun because you don't really know what you're gonna get. You can make plans, but yeah, <laughs> but things happen, and that's what makes it so great. Um, just getting those unexpected responses. So between like uh, you know sketch and stand up, like these web videos, these social experiments, you've done these you like these man on the street style things. Like, is there one of these things that you like doing now more than the other that you're spending at this point that you're spent wanting to spend more of your time with on the side? Well, I mean, I love doing Man on the Street. Um, I, I, I'm always looking for opportunities to go to different places and just interview people and either, like, make fun of people who take themselves too seriously or just kind of be there at big events where people are acting stupid, kind of like uh, I have... Occupy Wall Street video that I did when Occupy Wall Street was going, just talking to people there and letting them be funny, I guess, <laughs> un unintentionally funny. Yeah, yeah. I love doing those. I I mostly like just thinking of kind of social experiments, like what would happen if I did this, like, um, like when I just jumped into the Bethesda fountain at time at, at Central Park. Just kind of wanted to see, okay, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What kind of responses am I gonna get? Yeah. Um, and I just like got a good start I set up my cameras I got a good running start jumped in and put my hands in the air and screamed yeah and then ran off and just kind of to see what people would do <laughs> so um, how about the breakdown then between like just writing and directing and and performing is there something in in those three that you're wanting to do more of now um I would love more opportunities to film more sort of social experiment stuff either in the form of man on the street or pranks um, I do a fair amount of sketch writing for a group called Studio C, um, so I'm able to get some of that fulfillment there. Um, I would very much like to do more of like Man on the Street, social experiment, like video stuff out there. That's 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 kind of different and kind of gets people out of. And that's more space. like that's more like directing. Even you have to have the the, the idea, the initial idea, but that yeah. is more. Like, it's less writing and more like okay, what's the big yeah. idea? What's the situation I can put myself in or put other people in that makes them react a certain way? And the reason I wish I did more more of. I wish I did more of that. It's also the hardest to do because it scares me the most. Like I always get so nervous before I do it. It's kind of like stepping through, I guess stepping into the matrix in a way or stepping through the looking glass. I'm always really scared. But then when I start doing that first really stupid thing that's not normal and gets people's attention, then suddenly the fear is gone and I'm like in it. Like I'm in this zone where I'm not scared anymore and I'm, I can just do whatever and screw with people. Um, but it's it's scary leading up to it really scares me I had one um, uh, video I did where after watching uh, Jurassic World uh, there's a scene where Chris Pratt like runs into the raptor cage and he throws his hand in front of the raptors to get him from stop him from attacking a guy yeah, who's yeah. fallen into the cage um, and that was very well-known clip because it was in like all the trailers and so I thought it would be funny if I did that to people in real life uh, after seeing the movie, I went like the next week. I'm like, I'm gonna do this to people in real life. I'm gonna I'm gonna establish my dominance, um, and just run up to people, put my hand in their face, and see what happens. And I got really scared before doing that one because I knew I was gonna 
not just talk to people who were walking by, but I was really just going to get in people, literally get in people's faces and try to get them to stop from walking. Um, <laughs> but like once I started doing it, like after I did the first guy, like the butterflies went away and it was just fun. I just started like, all right, who else can I screw with? Who else can I screw with? And I got people who were really mad. I got people who just like were startled and then walked around me. And then one that I didn't expect at all, I had one guy just, and he was there with his family, just stop and look at me. And it was like, he was like, all right, it's go time. And he just stared right back at me. There were no words shared. I just put my hand in front of his face and then he just stared at me. And it lasted for about a minute, like a full 60 seconds, which felt like (laughs) 10 years. And in my head, I'm thinking, ah, what do I do now? Like, do I just stay here until he moves or should I do something? And it was just kind of a stare off. And eventually I just decided, okay, well, in my character, I suppose this human, I've established my dominance and this human has stopped, so I'll just run away. <laughs> and so I, that's what I did. I ran away. And then they just went on their day. And it's just like, okay, you just find stuff that's unexpected. Is that one online somewhere? That one's, yeah, that one should be online. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to find that one. I think I called it pratting, like, like, um, like the actor Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. Although pratting is something different in the UK, I've heard. It's yeah. like, I think it means acting like an idiot, which also works. Yeah, yeah, that works too. <laughs> if you're a prat, you're an idiot. And I think, if I've got my, my British slang down correctly. Yeah, they have, a, they have a lot of weird slang for everything. Yeah. Um, I, yeah some, for some reason, I was looking at all their slang for the, just getting wasted, you know, getting oh, yeah. drunk. They have, like, so many words for that. <laughs> it's, like, insane. I bet. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's just get into the Brian questions. Sure. Um, the fun stuff. Yeah, let's do the, uh, you know, the first one, of course. Uh, do you know why your parents named you Brian? My parents named me Brian after my grandfather. His name was also Brian. Okay. Um, and my middle name is also after my other grandfather, which is Ray. So I'm Brian Ray Havoc after my grandparents. Did they have to fight out who got which placement? <laughs> I think my parents just decide. They're like, I guess Brian's the favorite grandpa, and yeah, Ray clearly. you get second place. Well, they made the they made the right decision I'll, there. I, I think they also thought Brian Ray probably sounded better than Ray Brian. Although I could see yeah. it going both ways, but <laughs> Brian's a little bit more of a, uh, I guess, uh, popular name these days. Rather, I don't meet a and lot Ray. of people named Ray. Yeah, I don't really. It's probably factored into their decision, but yeah, they made the right choice. Brian's a great name. Do you have uh, Irish ancestry at all? Uh, I I might have a little bit. It's primarily um, Northern European, Norwegian, Danish, Scandinavian type blood. But it's not German. like they na- the name came from like some sort of Irish no, heritage. It has nothing to do with yeah. Irish heritage. Um, do you know why they spelled it with an I instead of a Y? Because the grandfather? I think the grandfather, and yeah. because it's the right way to spell it. So sorry, <laughs> Y Brian's out there. It's just. <laughs> um, what about uh, siblings' names? Like, where does Brian fit in? Um, well, I'm I'm third of seven kids. So there's Joshua, Allison, Brian. I'm third. Um, Crystal, Alex, Stephen, and Anna. Those are my those are all my siblings, and they're some of them are family based. I think Josh they just liked. Allison was a family name. Um, Brian Ray, of course, family name. Alex they just liked. Crystal I think they just liked. Anna they just liked. So. And Stephen, oh, Stephen was named after um, a favorite uh, professor of my of my father's, who's also a uh, very well-known author named Stephen Covey, um, who wrote, I believe he wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, 
was also a professor oh, wow. of my dad's when he was in college and he really liked him so oh, that's crazy yeah. oh yeah I, I can see where Brian fits in there it's not yeah. a, <laughs> doesn't stick out um, okay so two part question dead or alive um, if you could choose <laughs> okay. one other Brian to meet who would it be and also who is your favorite Brian you know of all time favorite Brian of all time so, to meet and favorite oh, I should have done some Brian research before I came oh actually here got a oh do you have like a cheat sheet got a little cheat sheet here Oh, all right, all right. No, Brian's a uh, notable Brian's. Notable Brian's, all right. Some of these I had thought of. I, <laughs> I would love to. Uh, I, I really like Brian Cranston. He's a great Brian. Oh yeah, yeah. He's love a very Breaking Bad. Yeah, love Breaking Bad. Love the stuff he's done since. He just seems to be knocking out of the park all the time. He's someone I really admire. I'd, I'd love to meet, I guess maybe this is cheating, but the cast of Life of Brian. That's uh, the Monty mm. Python crew. I don't know if, I, if we could count that. If you that. could all count that. I don't think we count we allow that, the entire cast of Yeah, I think it's got to be one Brian. person. Or, I mean, it could um, be a fictional Brian, like Brian the Griffin. It, w- it would be awesome to meet Brian Griffin from Family Guy since he's a cartoon and yeah. never met a cartoon before. That would be fun. I think that'd be a good one to meet. So is it are those your to meet or your favorite? Um, I guess I I don't know. Like off the top of my head, I'd say Brian Cranston's kind of killing it. You could say he's the greatest Brian of all time right now. And he's actually you know he's doing a lot of things for the, the, the Y Brian community actually. Oh, is he? I mean, he's a Y Brian. He is a Y Brian. You are right about that. All right, I take back what I said about Y Brian. So oh, we're, yeah. we're all. You we're all the, together. You need the you need the one to break down the barriers. You do, you do. You need some of the Y Brian's to be like, hey, we're not all bad, and, and to break down uh, prejudices we have even in our own little community. Yeah. Except Y Brian's that can't appreciate our struggle of being named Brain all the time. But that's, that actually happens. To does them that still too. happen to them? Oh, that's even now worse. Now that I've done yeah, now that I've done some uh, research and some interviews, I've learned about why Brian's who've had their names spelled oh, wrong. Well, I, 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 this is all about breaking down prejudices and yeah. preconceived notions. All right, I've come to appreciate the struggle of why Brian's more now. So yeah, speaking of the misspelling, have you had any memorable instances of this ever this happening to you? Aside from just you know, here and there getting it on your mail. Well, yeah, brain happens all the time um, and the worst part about that too is it's hardly ever noticed when it happens it just kind of it's part of it and then people are like oh well guess a good thing you're pretty smart huh Brian and you're like yep I have not heard that one before um, but nothing like uh, hugely memorable and scarring for you in your lifetime I wouldn't say scarring no I can't think of anything that's I, I've now um, you know learned about quite a few brines who've had it on their birthday cake spelled wrong which always <laughs> makes me laugh <laughs> what what I do what I do remember from a kid that was maybe a little scarring was the ease of rhyming Brian with things like say hey yeah, quit yeah. quit crying Brian you're lying Brian you're lying stop crying I'm not crying and then I'd be crying because they told me they said crying Brian which was hurtful when you're like six years old yeah, I understand the logic of like not wanting to name your kid something that's easily to, easy to rhyme with, but then also finding something that nothing rhymes with then kind of limits you. Yeah, to yeah some it's weird kind of names. impossible. You want to, <laughs> you just want to stay away from the obvious ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so since this is kind of a music-related pop culture episode, uh, I have a Brian trivia, a music trivia question for Brian's. All right. So some of the biggest bands of all time have had a Brian. How many of these three? 
did have a very integral Brian as part of their <laughs> oh, no. their their history, their lineup there. All right. The Beach Boys, the Beatles, and the Rolling Stones. Uh, well, I know the Beach Boys for sure had one. Yep. I know the Beatles had one who wasn't part of the band. I can't remember his... But he was the... Yeah, he was like the... Like a producer. He was the manager, actually. Manager, okay. And he actually discovered them uh, in, like a, in a nightclub. And then right, yeah. brought them to like the. So I know about that one. I don't know of any Brian's involved with the Rolling Stones. So I'm I'm gonna say the top two. Well, I, I you're close because uh, this is one that like I think is the hardest one is that actually Brian Jones was an, the original founder um, and frontman of the oh, Rolling Stones. Yeah, he's on his, your cheat sheet too. I didn't even look at your cheat sheet. <laughs> until his uh, until his drug habit got the better of him and they kicked him out. And they kicked him out. Yeah, and then he ended up dying in a pool. Like <laughs> Brian Jones. I do remember that now. I do remember hearing about Brian Jones. I forgot about that. I forgot that the Rolling Stones I read Stones about that Brian. recently and I don't know why. <laughs> I just It's like a couple months ago. So you're probably going to get fired now from MTV. Probably. For not well, I'm not, I, I'm not a huge music guy anyway. I was, <laughs> I was hired for my, my comedic and writing ability, but not my <laughs> music prowess. Yeah. Okay, so here's an even harder question, though. If you had to fir- choose a first name other than Brian, what would it be? Like, gun to your head right now, you had to choose a first name other wow. than Brian. Jeez. Um, I always liked the name Damien. Like, when I was a kid... Like thinking of like pseudonyms for myself, I'd be like <laughs> Damien. It sounds like dangerous. It sounds yeah, like sinister. It's like that hard D at the beginning, like duh, like yeah. Damien. Um, it just felt like hard and cool. Like if, if if you walked in the club, you're like, what's your name, Damien? Like everyone respects you, and all the women want to kiss you. So I mean, if you say it like that, but if you're like Damien, I'm Damien, <laughs> then it loses it. You, if yeah. you're named Damien, you have to say you got to deliver, Damien. Yeah, you got to deliver. Got to have a deep voice. You got to be suave and kind of like standoffish a little bit, but like in a Don Draper kind of way. <laughs> so do you believe that there are any shared? common characteristics or personality traits that might stem from being a Brian? Just looking back at all the Brians you've known in your life. Personality, you know, I always thought if i thinking of the name Brian, I always think of someone who is responsible and a stalwart member of community. Like, not necessarily a square per se, but someone who's just like doesn't really do anything bad like maybe the worst thing is they've got some parking tickets but brian like he's at work on time <laughs> he's got a good job you know maybe it's not the coolest job but it's also not like the lamest job like and he's someone like if you needed something you could call him and he'd be like okay i'll be there like give me 15 minutes and i'll just head on over you know he's the kind of guy that's like reliable I don't know if that's true or not. I don't. I don't. Think this that's is always true an me, interesting but... yeah, question for me to ask because the answers have been just all over the place. Oh, really? there's, there's no... Do you guys like? Oh, Brian's a total loser, dead in the street with a. It's needle like in his every arm. answer I could think of his people have responded to that question. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> there's like no common thread. <laughs> but well, I know. Uh, like Brian's, I, we're our diverse people. I feel like in a in popular in culture, you you have a sense of humor that like I feel like at least how it's per, you know portrayed in the media. Brian's there is something inherently a little bit funny about being a Brian. Yeah, I feel like, like there's a lot of white guys named Brian in writers' rooms across the world. That's what I think. It feels like that fits. Yeah, there's like yeah, like there's, there's Brian Regan. Like he's one of my favorite comedians. Brian oh yeah, Regan. yeah. Um, 
but it's not like a yeah I think it's more like it's not a heroic name necessarily there's something a little bit funny about it that is that is it's like you don't see Brian charging into battle like leading his troops into battle follow Brian yeah um Although yeah, the but he's there. He's like you know he's he's fighting, but he's just he's probably scared and like not since yeah not since like the 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 high kings of Ireland was the Brian leaders. <laughs> the last Brian leader was like a an Irish clansman back in like seven hundred AD. <laughs> okay, so I guess yeah, this is the last question here. Uh, oh wait, no, uh, one more. Uh, has being a Brian been a plus or a minus in your life? Would you say? Um, overall, I, I, I think it's been a plus. Uh, overall, like I, I think it's, it, I don't think it's held me back uh, at all, um, as some names might, you know. And um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that it, it's given me too many unfair advantages either. It's just kind of, it feels like it's just a normal, safe name, kind of like Chris or John. It's just. So maybe you can just do what you want with it. So it's yeah, not, you a, make it's not what a negative. You want it. It's not a negative. It's Which like, makes it a positive, I think. Yeah. It can, <laughs> it can be like, like, oh, Brian? Oh, yeah, I like him. Or, or Brian. Ugh. That guy. Like, it's, it's, it's your name. Make with it what you will. All right. So the last question, then. Uh, yeah, like, do you have any objections to this episode being called, like, I don't know, Brian the MTV promo maker or Brian the brand writer or... Do you have any thoughts for an intriguing name title for this episode? Yeah, Brian, the MTV promo guy, or uh, eh, Brian. I'll, I'll play the, around with it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, what, whatever, whatever you want. You can throw MTV in there. You know, I didn't say anything that could get me fired. I hope so. Other than the yeah, the Brian Jones thing. The Brian but, Jones, yeah. That, Somebody like high up, uh, like the president's, like diehard, you know, Rolling Stones fan. He's like, he's fired. <laughs> all right, well, my desk. Jeez. Uh, that's all. That's all I got. Thanks. All right. uh, thanks for doing this, man. Cool. Thanks, Brian. <laughs>